This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for April 7th, 2013. The Gospel is taken from the book of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. The message is by Mother Nancy James. Come, Holy Spirit, and be with me, that my mouth may speak the words that you would have me speak. And be in their ears that they may hear what you would have them hear. Amen. Alleluia! Christ is risen! risen Oh, let's do that again. Alleluia! The Lord is risen! risen Don't you love being on this side? You know, of, of, of the crucifixion, of the resurrection. Isn't it great to be on this side and be able to say hallelujah? I missed it. Did you miss it? I missed I missed it. I missed it. Well, this morning I wanna I'm gonna talk to you about all of our lessons and what it's like on this this side and things that have changed. But I want to start by talking about Playing crack the whip. When I was a kid, this was a game. Those of you who are my generation may remember this game. It's now banned because you touch people. And the objection, the uh, object of the game is to, like, mm, I don't know, lose control, fall down, get dirty, definitely. Maybe skin your knees, maybe skin your hands. It was lots of fun. And one person, you know, you'd make this human chain, and one person would lead, and that person would try to make you go wherever they wanted to go, and you'd giggle and scream, and it was, oh, it's just great fun. You never knew what was going to happen. And sometimes the leader wasn't strong enough to make make the line, you know, bend, break off because it's centrifugal force. So you'd grab a tree or the flagpole in the middle of the play yard or whatever to try to, you know, get that extra force. But it's that sensation that mm, everything changed that I want to talk about, okay? Now, for younger people, it's sort of like riding a roller coaster, but roller coaster isn't nearly as cool because you can look at the track and you can see what's coming. With Crack the Whip, you had no idea when it was going to happen. All of a sudden, everything was going to change. Everything was going to change. So let's look at our lessons now. We'll start with with an axe. Okay. Uh, Let's look at before the crucifixion. And how Jesus taught. He taught in parables, and he sort of everything was sort of veiled, and and uh, you know they wanted to make sure that they weren't getting the, too much attention from the earthly powers of things. Okay, so sort of that hidden meaning kind of sense and tone to everything. Now we look at at our lesson from Acts today. Okay, we have the same kind of a challenge that happens. Well, Pharisees haven't changed much, have they, by all of this? They say, we strictly charged you not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you are intent on bringing this man's blood upon us. You know, 
one thing I noticed in thinking about all of this, if you look at before the crucifixion, don't you think it's interesting that all the people who were in power in the church, they, they never said to the disciples or to Jesus, in the name of God, don't do that. Have you ever noticed that? Isn't that interesting? They, they never did that. It was always, hey, the Romans aren't going to like this. You know, by my authority, I didn't give you to do this. Don't do that. You know, the church is not invoking the power of God. So here we are now, post-resurrection. And the same kind of challenge has been issued to the church, but how does it respond now? What did the disciples say? Peter says, The God of our Father raised Jesus, whom you killed, by hanging on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. We are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. That doesn't sound very veiled, does it? That's pretty clear. Basically, he's saying, hey, wait a minute. We, don't, we grew up in this church. You're telling us we should do what God wants us to do. By George, we've seen God. We're witnesses. We saw it. We heard it. We're doing this. What's your problem? Confident, assurance, clarity. There's no doubt what he's saying. Do you feel it? Everything has changed. Not hidden, not veiled. It's as if creation was flowing along on this river of time. And God took a crucifix. And by the power of the resurrection, the course of all of creation has changed. That gut wrench, centrifugal, whoa, wait a minute. Can you hear it in these words? You know, we look at what it says in Revelation. Okay? Before the crucifixion, what does Pilate say to Jesus? He says, well, are you king of the Jews? And his answer is, go ask somebody who heard me preaching. Go ask those who listened in the temple and the synagogue. They'll tell you what I said. Crucifixion, resurrection, our revelation reading for today. What does it say? I'm the Alpha and Omega, who is, who was, who is to come, the Almighty. Do you feel it? There's no ambiguity here. There's no question. Gloves are off. It's clear. It's sort of like um, C.S. Lewis, who is... uh, 20th century great Christian apologist, he wrote this book called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Younger people maybe identify with this. 
Same sort of scenario. He's using this life-changing, creation-altering, nothing will ever be the same experience. Ashlyn gives himself over completely to the power of the world, the wicked witch of Narnia, even though he's totally innocent. The guilty boy is released and forgiven. Aslan, the god figure, is killed. The table rock is broken. Their whole creation is changed. The witch dies. Spring comes to Narnia. Nothing is the same. Can you feel it? That... The effect of the resurrection in your life, my life, all of it. And that brings us to our gospel lesson. So, somebody tell me this story. What happens? Where are the disciples? Okay, and what happens? Annie. And he, he says, peace be with you. We'll stop here. Two things. One, Jesus came. Not sort of Jesus, not a replica, you know, Jesus. They recognize the Son of Man. Okay? Now, Personally, I like to think that, you know, he took a shower, he washed his hair, he had some clean clothes. He's not looking, you know, quite so bad when he, when he shows up. I, I, you know, it's a kinder, gentler version. So I'm not thinking of all the horror that he went through on my behalf. But this is the same guy, not his twin, somebody who looks like him, a ghost, a replica. This is him the Son of Man. And he says, peace be with you. Now that's significant because if you go back to the Last Supper, Jesus says to them there, peace I give you, and I'm going to go to the Father, and I'll come back, and I will give you peace. There he is. He shows up, and the first thing he does is complete that promise. Peace I give you. Now, back earlier in John, John 14, 29, he says, Now that I have told you, this is back at the Last Supper, now that I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. Do you feel it? That gut-wrenching change, he said it, I heard it, but now it's happened. Things are changed. Nothing is ever going to be the same. So what, what comes next in the story? Oh, before we get to Thomas, he's, he's still talking to the apostles. He says, peace I give you, and then what? 
Well, he did that, yeah. He commissions them. See, there's so much in here, you know. Whoa, wait a minute. We got to stop and look at each little part. He commissions them. He says, as the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And then what did he do? Yeah, he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. So we have the Son of Man. Now we have the Holy Spirit. Do you feel it? And then he does something way profound, as if all of this hasn't been earth-moving. He does one more thing. He gives them the key to the future of this new creation. He says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Draws the line in the sand. Forgiveness is its name. It's not good versus evil. It's forgiveness. Sounds simple. Forgiveness is what everything is going to pivot on. Eternal life. That may sound... It's not simple. It's concise. It's a few words... But it's not simple. Forgiveness is what all of creation will hang on. If it really was about good and evil, Jesus wouldn't have to have died. We'd just be condemned and that'd be the end of it. He came to bring forgiveness. God's grace is there. We are called not to judge one another, but to forgive one another. What does it mean for us? It means we are to help one another walk in the valley of self-examination, holding up God's light so we can see the truth. And help each other to find forgiveness for ourselves and forgiveness for others. Now, I I came across this quote, and it was just so perfect. I couldn't figure out how to say it without going on for 20 minutes. So I'm just going to read this to you. Forgiveness of sin still carries an obligation to distinguish between good and evil. There is still a need for discriminatory judgment. Forgiveness is post-discriminatory judgment. Disciples, both by deed and word, cause men and women to judge themselves. Some come to the light and receive forgiveness... Some turn away and are hardened in their sins.
Do you feel it? All of creation has changed. It's not veiled anymore. It's been clearly spoken to us. The line was drawn in the sand. Its name is forgiveness. Sheep and goats will be separated. Do you feel it? If we can't accept God's grace for ourselves and for others, we will be lost. But thanks be to God, he cared enough to put a crucifix in the middle of the flow of creation throughout time and with the power of the resurrection alter its course forever. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You are just listening to Come and See. Come and See is a production of St. Andrew's Anglican Church in Lewis Center, Ohio. St. Andrew's is also available online at www.standrewspolaris.org. Please join us again when we invite you to come and see.